0: Joe's and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by Bet MGM, on the BetQL Network.
1: Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, with you. Uh, presented, of course, by Bet MGM. Coming up in 20 minutes. It's time for a spooky edition of Lightning Bets. We'll make our favorite bets for tonight. We got Game Three of the World Series, and of course, we have a Monday Night Football game tonight between the Bengals and the Browns. We'll get to all that right now. We're going to go back to the guest line here and talk to our guy, Sean Zarillo of the Action Network. Sean is joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Sean, welcome back to the show. Before we get to Game 3 and projections for the rest of the series, uh, I'm curious you, you, the way you view the series. 1-1 after th- after two games. Phillies get the split down in Houston, but the Astros hit both Nola and Wheeler. Uh, How does that impact change? If you're holding a Phillies ticket, Sean, would you feel like the glass is half full or or half empty because of the way the games went?
2: Yeah, certainly optimistic because they got the 1-1 split in Houston, but with the way Zach Wheeler pitched, I think specifically would be most concerning because his velocity had been up late in the season after coming off of the IL and then throughout the playoffs and then seeing it dip again in game two of the World Series would definitely give you pause because he had been pitching at a higher level, pitching closer to where he was last season, and then his velocity dip back below where it was this season not only gives you concern, one, that he's not going to be as effective as he was earlier in the playoffs if he takes the ball again in game six, but on top of that, if he's going to be injured going forward, I think would certainly be a concern now as well.
0: All right, let's start with the the Syndergaard side and uh, going up against that Astros lineup. The Syndergaard K prop is minus 160 under, minus 160 under two and a half K, so not much expectation that he's going to punch anybody out or be long for this one. Uh, Any props that you like in the Astros lineup and or Syndergaard related?
2: No, I'm actually going to stay away from that. You know, Syndergaard pitched against the Braves. It was basically leaked. I Rob Thompson that he was going to go once through the lineup, and he saw his K-prop drop from three-and-a-half to one-and-a-half, struck out the first two hitters in that game, and all of us who bet the under 3 and a halfs were immediately sweating. It might have be, even been under three. Uh, no, it was under three-and-a-half because he struck out Acuna to end, the, I believe, the third inning, and, you know, how they handled him today how they handle their pitchers the rest of the series? I think they're going to have to get really aggressive with their bullpen usage. You do not want Syndergaard facing Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker a second time. Three eighty-four expected fifth for Syndergaard against righties, four ninety against lefties. His fastball velocity was down a few ticks this year relative to his career peak. Throwing a lot of sinkers. The two guys in that lineup who hit sinkers well are Jordan Alvarez and Jose. So certainly to watch those guys a butt. I would imagine Syndergaard, once through the lineup, maybe gets Altuve and Pena a second time. If there's a spot to walk uh, Alvarez and then face a Bre- Bregman a-, a second time, that would probably be it for him. So I'd say at maximum 14 hitters for Syndergaard today. At minimum, he gets knocked out early, but would definitely avoid that K prop. There is a chance he faces the top of the lineup a second time and you end up losing it.
0: What about on the other side for McCullers and the Astros? His K prop is five and a half. Or are there any other props you like for the Astros?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going to stay away from the K props today. McCullers down the stretch, and last year he started throwing a slider. Historically, he's always been a big curveball guy, which is why he's had reverse splits throughout his career. You remember that ALCS against the Yankees where he threw 24 straight curveballs to get out of a jam there. But he started throwing the slider last year, it became a much bigger part of his arsenal in September of this year, and then in October it's been his most commonly selected pitch. So you want to find particularly righties who have success against the sinker and slider. For me, that's Reese Hoskins. I bet Hoskins to get a hit today around minus 160. That is over total bases one and a half at plus 150. I think this is a solid matchup for Reese Hoskins. Kyle Schrober as well hitting in front of him, but Price is just a bit better on Hoskins. McCullough is having that reverse split. He can still go to the curveball against left-handed hitters to neutralize them. So that sinker slider against righties primarily what he's been using. And I think Reese Hoskins has a lot of success against both those pitch types.
1: Sean, um, did the Phillies' decision in game one, which helped them win that game to use Rangers Suarez out of the bullpen, change the way you project this series? Because you play it forward. He, he was slated to start tonight, game three and then potentially come back for a game seven. I'm not sure if he would have been a full-time starter in game seven or just to start the game or just, you know, he would have been a bigger part of the game. Now he's going to pitch in game four because they wanted to give him the extra day after coming in relief and pitching effectively in game one. The uncertainty of the Phillies pitching moving forward because of the domino effect of Suarez being used in game one, does that affect things at all, or, or is that not a big difference when we look forward to tonight, tomorrow, and then a potential game seven?
2: I think as long as I have a quick hook with Syndergaard tonight, it is a positive to take away because it shows that they're willing to be as aggressive with the pitching staff as they need in order to get through this series. You know, starting a lefty in Game 3 against the Astros was actually giving me a ton of concern, and I would have made the Astros an even more substantial favorite, most likely, because they had much better splits against lefties than righties this season. They were the number one team against left-handed pitching down the stretch after the trade deadline, very right-handed, heavy lineup with two left-handed batters and Alvarez and Tucker who crush left-handed pitching. So you actually would much rather face them with even a slightly less effective righty than you would with a more effective left-handed pitcher. It's just a batter matchup for the righties. And then you can play matchups the rest of the way against that offense. So no, I think it is a positive takeaway that they're willing to be so, so aggressive with the pitching staff and try to manage this inning by inning instead of game by game. So, Definitely like the way the Phillies have approached the series, like the way they've approached the playoffs. And I think Rob Thompson has mostly pulled all the right strikes at this point. Let's
0: talk uh, side and uh, total for the next couple of days since we won't talk to you tomorrow. Of course, we've uh, talked a lot about card McCullers. Are you doing anything there, betting a side or the total of eight? And then tomorrow we know that it's going to be Suarez against Javier. Any, any interest or betting angle in game four?
2: Yeah, so for Game 3, I projected the Astros around minus 135 for the first five innings, minus 124 for the full game. So the Astros for the first five innings and the first three innings as well, up to minus 125, that first three bet I like. Because you can basically guarantee that you'll be going against Syndergaard for those first three innings. The fourth inning, the fifth inning is where it gets a little bit more questionable, and you may not know who's going to emerge out of that Phillies bullpen. But the first five, first three, first five for the Astros today, Up to minus 125. The totals do look about right to me at eight. As far as game four, I haven't projected out my line yet, just because I'm not sure exactly how the Phillies are going to use their bullpen today. Who's going to be tired heading into a potential game four? But what I can say is that Christian Javier is one of my favorite pitchers to bet on. We'll probably be bidding on him to win the Cy Young next season. I think he's extremely underrated. And as I mentioned with the Astros splits against left-handed pitching going against Suarez, that is probably their most ideal matchup of the entire series. So I'm on the Astros' first five today. will probably be on their first five again in game four, depending on where the line comes out. But based on the fact that I've been on Suarez a lot this season, I'm not sure if the market is going to be as low on him as I am. But I think that is a rough matchup against the Astros' lineup.
1: Sean, a uh, big picture in the postseason and then specifically with Philadelphia for the next three games. Does does home field factor in um, or how much does it factor in? Park factors, obviously, part of it. Uh, you know, we can all have fun how much the crowd makes makes a difference here. But the Phillies are undefeated at home. It's obviously been an advantage for them. They've played their best baseball this postseason at home in Philadelphia. Three straight here. Does is the park, uh, park factors... The Phillies playing better home. Does that impact at all your projections?
2: So it certainly impacts the game total because you're going from a park in Houston where it's going to be about 5% below league average to Philadelphia where it's about 6% above in terms of the run scoring environment. So that's almost a 10% differential in how you'd expect the games to be play out. More scoring, higher variance, more home run balls, more of a chance for the Phillies to get themselves back in the series. So I think the park, certainly lends itself better to their playing style. You're just going to get more home runs, more runs scored, which is going to lead to higher variance games. I think the outfield in Houston may have actually benefited Castellanos and schroeder to a degree. There is more room to maneuver in Philadelphia. There's shorter corners in Houston. So their defensive outfielders, where their most significant concern is defensively they actually may have a tougher time at home than they had on the road. But they're more familiar with the park in Philadelphia, so perhaps that cancels out. I'd say, by by and large, it's impacting the totals more than it's impacting, you know, the percentage difference that I project between the two teams. But always going to get that home field advantage factored in and getting the next three games at home, knowing that you can go home and clinch the series and never have to go back to Houston. I think those are all advantages for the Phillies.
0: Sean, uh, it's all bunched up in the updated World Series MVP odds. And uh, you look now, you'll see between plus 500 and plus 750. Tucker, Real Muto, Tuve, Harper, Valdez, Bregman. And then, then there's a bit of a drop-off down to Schwarber and Jordan Alvarez. Any takeaways from the first couple of games? And are, do you think there's any value maybe on some uh, players that are not mentioned there? Any Anything of note?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd say Real Muto and, you know, Tucker, your clear favorites from either side. Valdez may get the ball a second time in a game six with the potential chance to clinch. And we talked about the fact that pitchers need to win twice in a series in order to take on the MVP award. So he's certainly set up to win it. Don't really think a pitcher on the Phillies side is set up to win it. But those are the three frontrunners, I'd say, for the award right now. It's a difficult market to bet into once the series starts because you have these players – who built up a lead, and it's tough to imagine how somebody else who's down the board can hit two home runs to catch themselves up and get themselves back into it. But the hitters that I mentioned before the series, you know, Yuli Gurriel on the Astros' side, Castellanos, and uh, Alec Bohm on the Phillies' side, they have gotten some hits. They have produced some runs. So if you're getting similar prices on them now as you were getting pre-series, I still don't mind sprinkling any of those three guys a bit.
1: Great stuff, Sean. We always appreciate hopping on. We'll be reading and following your projections over at the Action Network. There was Sean Cirillo on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest on The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best. In the veteran. visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. So we get game three tonight. It sounds like Sean thinks we're getting some runs tonight, Joe, whether it be Hoskins or Schwarber or The Park or Cindergard, It feels like tonight's a run-scoring night.
0: That Astros first three, first five, certainly understand where he's coming from just uh, based on the pitching matchup. Well, tell us a little bit more about your experience because I was curious about this as, you know, watching the games and then I happened to see your tweets. I was like, I wonder where he is because you were broadcasting from inside the park, right? No, and then
1: I was... I was well, so where no, did you we watch the, the game and all that? Yeah, so we were set up at the Odyssey Station you know, our, our parent company in Houston. So I was at a yeah. radio station doing the show, and then I made my way oh. to the park. So I was able to get okay. there by, you know, I made it. Got there by first pitch each night. Um, and then I stood standing room behind kind of like the first base behind the dugout, like behind the Astros dugout, like on the concourse there. And I watched the game. First night, there was a lot of people I was with from Philadelphia and other people from WIP. The second night, a lot of the people I was with had to go back because they had to do Eagles stuff on Sunday. So I was just kind of by myself on Saturday. Uh, like there were Phillies fans around, but I kind of just watched the game amidst huh. strangers and Astros fans. Um, people were nice. I, I was actually, I was surprised. Were like, the Phillies fans nice?
0: nice? The Phillies fans? Uh, nice?
1: to me... Yeah, they were pretty. Yeah, everyone was nice, but I was surprised <laughs> at how nice the Astros fans were. Like they were like, like almost like overly, like welcoming. southern
0: hospitality.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, they were a little upset in Game One when we were screaming when the Phillies came back. they a little annoyed. Them.
0: <laughs> did you, did you go introduce yourself to that bum mattress Mac?
1: I did not, but I didn't. I didn't <laughs> know where he was. But then I saw the video. I guess it was after Game One, right? Of him all upset with Real Muto with the it was home run. So good.
0: It was so good. Aaron, did you see this? Because there's an Astros dancer after the Real Muto homer when the Phillies took the lead in the tenth, and she was cheering. Like, no, you're not supposed to cheer, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like two people away from Mattress Mac. I saw that video. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, it was ridiculous. It was hilarious. He like, it looked like he had security there. Like, seriously?
2: Mattress <laughs> Mac here. needs How security? old is <laughs> he?
0: He's old. He's de- he definitely He looks frail, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mattress Mac is 71. No, Pete's he's not. Carol he's older.
0: He's older than him, and Pete's no. got all this energy running around. He's... He looks healthy. He looks ninety. Yeah, I agree. He he looks like he's too old to be at a baseball game. Like he should stay home for his safety. Like, it's... <laughs> did he have a cane? <laughs> he should stay home. You're not allowed to go, Mattress Mac. You're too yeah. old.
1: I'm his daughter. Home. Please stay home. We're Here's how much Chicago. of a bum Mattress Mac is. I just I just pulled the story up. His wife his wife's in the hospital and he's still at the games instead of being with her. Come
0: on. Stop. No. Guys so okay. Bum. I hate him
1: even more now.
0: He's trying to be not a celebrity. Kidding. Get out of here. Yeah. Seriously? Yep. His wife's in the hospital yeah. and he's going to the game with uh all, all these just calling up all these people to do betting stories about him. Like who
1: cares? God. Oh, yeah, I mean it's, it's gotta be a Philly right. Oh Phillies. Mattress Mac Oh, Mattress Mac follows 72.6 million dollar quest to Philly with wife on the mend is the headline of the oh, article. What no, a bad terrible. guy!
0: I had no idea. I hate him even more.
1: <laughs> Ring the bell. Yeah. <laughs> Lightning bets next on the Bequl Network.